0: Good morning, thank you so much for inviting us into your home today for worship. We hope that you are preparing your hearts, you're comfortable, you have your coffee, maybe some Christmas cookies. Anyway, my name is Jen Robinson and I'm the Director of Guest Connections here at Faith Westwood. By now you've heard a beautiful prelude by our pianist, David Gerard. And on this third Sunday of Advent, we hope that the rest of the music and the message speak to you as well.
1: This is the third Sunday in Advent. Today, we light three candles. The first Sunday, we lit the candle of hope. The second Sunday, we lit the candle of joy. And today, we light the candle of peace. God promises peace that surpasses human understanding. During Advent, we pray that we, as well as all people, will seek God's peace. In times of war and hatred, it can be difficult to remember that Jesus is the one who brings us supporting peace. As we approach Christmas, let's remember that it's God's intention, our world be a place of harmony, where people shake hands instead of harming one another. We hear this piece in Mary's song of praise. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. There must have been times when Mary was frightened, worried, fearful, and sad. She, must, she may not have felt very peaceful if she considered her future. Yet her words help us see the peace that happens when we all put our trust in God. us pray. Dear God, thank you today for those in our fragmented world who seek to act for peace. Help us look for ways to be peacemakers at home, at church, at work, and school. Amen.
2: Love
0: Good morning boys and girls, Miss Leah here. Today is the third Sunday in Advent and I'm so glad you could join us today. We're gonna keep unwrapping the pieces of the Christmas story as we read The Donkey in the Living Room. The Donkey in the Living Room was written by Sarah Raymond Cunningham and she's given us permission and her blessing to read from it during Advent. So grab the the shepherd and the angel today and we're going to unwrap those as we listen to the donkey in the living room and if you haven't wrapped up your nativity yet that's okay you can still do that later or if you don't have a nativity there's options in your advent devotion box on how to make your own nativity and if you don't have an advent devotion box yet just let me know and i'll make sure you get one soon all right so snuggle in And get ready to listen to more from The Donkey in the Living Room, as my friend Chris Bowers makes the Christmas story come to life with her painting. The Shepherd Have you heard that the men watching their sheep saw a light in the sky while the world was asleep? This guy tells you what the light was about and why they decided to pack up and head out. We were carefully keeping watch by night when the sheep began baying, bleeding in fright. It was the strangest thing we'd seen, by far. Every one of our sheep looking up at the stars. I saw one herder turn white as the snow. I thought, sure enough, I'd be the next one to go. I was pale as wool, my knees were shaking at the humming and drumming the sky was making. Then a voice cried out, Do not be afraid. And before I could faint, an announcement was made. Something big was happening right down the road. To investigate more, we all packed up our loads. We rounded the herd, took off straight away, and flocked to the stable where the lone baby lay, the angel. Have you heard how angels lit up the sky and delivered a message from our God on high? I could tell you about a night so good, but if anyone should tell you, an angel should. It was dark and black all over the place. Why, you couldn't see your wing in front of your face. Then I appeared in God's glorious light, and those frightened shepherds almost died at the sight. Good news, I said, the Messiah is here. That's when every last angel came out and appeared. We sang and praised God again and again, saying glory to God, peace and goodwill to men. The shepherds didn't know what had just hit, but you should have seen how fast they got up and split. As soon as I'd said the last of the news, they were herding their sheep, grabbing staffs, coats, and shoes. After that night, it was just as you'd bet. They told the story to every person they met. I love this story so much, and I can't wait to share more of it with you next week. And so don't forget, after children's time, to go check out the links so that you can do Sunday School at Home today. They're on the Faith at Home page at faithwestwood.com or in the email that I just sent out this morning too. And mark your calendars. Saturday, December 19th and Sunday, December 20th, you can pick up your Christmas Eve kit. These are kits that will help you celebrate Christmas Eve at home while we gather online. Each kit contains communion, a candle to light while we sing Silent Night, and for the kids, their special yearly ornament that we give out on Christmas Eve. You won't want to miss it. It's Saturday from 10 to 12 under the awning at the East entrance and also Sunday 12 to 2. Swing on by and pick up your Christmas Eve kit. All right, so until next week, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, amen i love you all and i miss you all so much i'll see you again next week bye today's scripture is isaiah 61 1-4 the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our god to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair they will be called oaks of righteousness a planting of the lord for the display of his splendor they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. This is the word of God for the people of
1: God. Thanks be to God.
3: Good morning, everybody. I wanna thank all of you for giving to our ministry fund. It supports just about everything that we do at Faith Westwood. And of course, every week we also choose a, a mission focus, which gives us an opportunity to support a mission project or a mission partner. This Sunday, like last week, the mission focus is our Helping Hands Fund. This is so important. What you give helps people who are in or connected to our church who are going through a rough time. Maybe they're between jobs or they've been slammed with a huge expense. So if you would like to give today to the Helping Hands Fund, you can mail a check to the church or you can go to our website and give online or you can text uh, dollar sign 100 or any amount. Hands to 402-316-5481. You know, I wish I could share with you some of the some of the thank you notes that we've received. And whenever I read them, it it just puts a big lump in my throat. They're from people who are just so amazed, so grateful. They're just blown away that their church would care for them and help them like this. And so on behalf of all the sisters and brothers who you have blessed through the Helping Hands Fund, I say thank you. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord God, have mercy on us because we are poor and needy. Jesus, give us your peace. The peace the world gives will not do. We pray in your name. Amen. When I was a senior in college, I I didn't know much about the Bible. I had been studying it some, but there's still so much I didn't know. But I wanted to learn. Uh, My Bible had a concordance in the back. You know what a concordance is? It's a listing of the different places that you can find certain words in the Bible. So I went to the word peace in the concordance and started then looking up verses with that word in it. Uh, Today, of course, you don't need a concordance. All you have to do is go to a Bible website like BibleGateway.com or you can use your favorite Bible app and you can search for any word, peace for example, and it'll list every verse in the Bible with that word. My goal in looking up those verses was because I wanted to learn more about peace, like the peace that passes understanding as it says in Philippians. I wanted to learn more about how to feel peaceful. Well, what I found out is that in the Bible, the word peace is about much more than feeling peaceful. Today's the third Sunday of Advent, our season of preparing for Christmas. Two weeks ago, our theme was hope. Last Sunday, it was joy. And today, our word for the week is peace. Back to when I was in college using the concordance, To my surprise, most of the time when the the Bible uses the word peace, it means the opposite of war. It means a cessation of hostilities, especially in the Old Testament. But even then, uh, peace is seen as a gift from God. Peace is is a blessing that the Israelites can expect when they keep their covenant with God. And with peace then comes stability and prosperity. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Now, you don't have to know the Hebrew language uh, to know that you might know a a few Hebrew words already. And those would be hallelujah, amen, and then maybe shalom. Shalom can also be used to say hello or goodbye. Actor actor Leonard Nimoy was uh, raised an Orthodox Jew, and in his role as Spock on Star Trek, he modeled his Famous Vulcan greeting from something he had seen in childhood. He remembered in the synagogue that the service would end with a special prayer, the Shekinah prayer, and the people would make the shape of the Hebrew letter Shin. Shin is also the first letter in Shalom. And Spock's blessing, live long and prosper, has some of that meaning of Shalom in it so shalom includes the absence of war but it's way more than that here's the definition i want to share with you it's really our theme for the day shalom is the well-being that comes from living in a harmonious relationship with god which leads to harmonious relationships with others and with creation that is the peace jesus brings us let me say it again Shalom is the well-being that comes from living in a harmonious relationship with God, which leads to harmonious relationships with others and with creation. So when the Bible talks about peace, it's way more than feeling peaceful. It's, it's a way of life. It's harmony. It's wholeness. I remember in a previous church one time, a young woman started attending worshiping with us on Sunday mornings. And, and church was completely new to her. But something just piqued her curiosity. One day she uh, made an appointment, came to my office with a question. She said, I've met so many people here who, who have this thing that I, I can't quite put my finger on it. There's a piece about them. And I know I don't have it. What is it? I assured her that all of us, we still have troubles and issues and anxieties that we're working through. Then I added, still, I believe you're right. There's something different. There's a freedom about being yourself when you belong to Christ. You know you're loved and accepted and forgiven. That's what I believe it is, this peace that you've noticed. At the end of the conversation, I asked if I could pray for her. She agreed. So I, I prayed that she would come to know Jesus, who is, who has been opening her eyes, and that she would find peace in her relationship with God and with herself. Shalom. Shalom is the well-being that comes from living in a harmonious relationship with God, which leads us which leads to harmonious relationships with others and with creation. Our scripture reading that uh, Naylee shared for us with us uh, comes from the prophet Isaiah, who lived hundreds of years before Jesus. He pronounced God's judgment on Israel, but he also looked forward to God's restoration. Isaiah gives us pictures of peace. Pictures of peace of a restored world. Isaiah chapter 9 looks forward to the day when, when people walking in darkness will see a great light. They will be full of joy because their yoke of slavery will be shattered. How will this happen? The Messiah, the anointed King, will come. You might uh, recognize Isaiah 9 verse 6 as one of the great lines in Handel's Messiah. For unto us a child is born unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace. And then in Isaiah chapter 11 we get another picture of peace. We often hear this passage at Christmas time, a prophecy about a future king. It says a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Now Jesse was David's father, so this person comes from the same family tree as King David. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. That branch is the Messiah. It says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And then it pictures animals, uh, both predator and prey, living peacefully with one another. It's It's a metaphor of peace between peoples and nations. It says the wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. When the Messiah's reign is complete, it's saying we will be safe together. The strong will not oppress the weak. We will be kind to one another. And how will the Messiah bring this promised peace? Isaiah chapter 53 tells of the suffering of God's servant. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. The punishment he endured brings us peace. A restored relationship with God. Shalom. What is it? It's the well-being that comes from living in a harmonious relationship with God, which leads to harmonious relationships with others and with creation. And then we come to another picture of peace in Isaiah 61. This was our passage that was read earlier. We're just going to look at the first verse of that today. And that this is important because, as Luke's gospel tells us, Jesus read the first couple verses of Isaiah 61 in his hometown synagogue at Nazareth, and he said, "These words were about him." It starts out. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And the first thing we notice is the Spirit. Just before Jesus reads this passage in the synagogue, he is baptized by John in the Jordan River, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him in a visible way. So Jesus is speaking about his own experience. And the second thing we notice is anointed me. This is the verb form of the word Messiah, the anointed. So Jesus here identifies himself as the Messiah, the promised king. And the third thing we notice is good news to the poor. It's a picture of shalom. The Messiah is going to flip the sinful systems that run this world and restore creation to the way it was meant to be. Still today, powerful people think they own the world, don't they? Well, God disagrees. Jesus comes into God's world bringing shalom. He blesses the poor and says they received the kingdom of heaven. He blesses the meek and says they will inherit the earth. This past week, Trish and I watched uh, A Christmas Carol with Patrick Stewart in the lead role as Ebenezer Scrooge. We watch it every year, I love it. And we notice, as you do in movies you watch a lot, uh, little things different every time we see it. This time I noticed that uh, the Cratchits family, their, their, their oldest daughter, Martha, um, she looks like she could be 12, 13 years old. And she's come home for Christmas from her job at the hat-making shop. Apparently, the family could not afford to keep her in school. She had to work. The writer, Charles Dickens, was born in 1812, kind of in the the Industrial Revolution. And when he was 12 years old, his father was put in debtor's prison. Charles then was forced to quit school and work at a run-down, rodent-infested factory. He never forgot that, and that's why he often wrote about people who were poor. And of course, in the story, the Cratchit's young son, Tim, has a disability, and he's sick, and the story makes it clear that if things don't change for this poor family, if they don't get enough food and enough fuel to warm their house, this child will die. But the Christmas Eve conversion of Scrooge turns out to be good news for the Cratchit family. The stingy tyrant becomes a loving, loyal, generous friend and like a second father to Tim, who does not die. And the story ends with a picture of shalom, harmony, peace for all. Shalom is the well-being it comes from living in a, a harmonious relationship with God which leads to harmonious relationships with others and with creation. Every Christmas we hear about the angel who brings who speaks to a group of poor shepherds says today i bring you good news the savior has been born. And then a great company of the heavenly host appears and proclaims that peace is coming to earth. They said glory to God in the highest And on earth, what? Peace to those on whom his favor rests. And these poor shepherds follow the angels' instructions and go to see the baby in Bethlehem lying in a manger. This is good news and they know it's good news for them. And when Jesus says he brings good news to the poor, the word poor means all who are in need, whatever your need is. And you know, I think that we're all in need of something, aren't we? We're all poor in some ways. We're all weak in some ways. But Jesus has good news for us. The poor and the poor in spirit are blessed by God. And that's who we are. We're in need. We need what only Jesus can give. And that's why his good news sounds so good to us. And that's why we are so eager to share that good news with other people who also need it. One thing I love about this church is that it operates the way it operates this pantry. And and that's because of your attitude. You know, personally, I have never seen a volunteer make our pantry patrons feel inferior. I have seen you show so much respect, so much compassion. And of course, I also know we have to be vigilant about that. We have to hold each other accountable to that kind of attitude because we don't always know when we're giving off a sense of superiority, do we? And of course, if we do that, then no matter how much food we give away, it's not going to feel like good news. In Isaiah 61, verse 1, the rest of the verse says, or the Messiah says, He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. I have a friend who's in jail right now. I was able to talk with him by video a few days ago. Of course, that's the only way you can do jail visits now is, is by uh, Zoom kind of thing. My friend uh, doesn't have the bond money, so for now, he has to stay in jail. I'm praying that he will be released. I'm praying he stays patient and positive in the meantime, and he's praying too. I don't know the whole story about what happened, but I suspect that evidence against him was wrongly obtained. But whatever happens, whether he's innocent or guilty, convicted or released, I want to be his friend. If I'm going to represent Jesus, then I want to be good news in his life. I don't know what your prison is. Maybe your prison is an addiction. Maybe your prison is gambling or spending or depression or anger. Jesus comes to set you free. He has the power to, to help you and release you from the darkness of your prison. Isaiah 61 also says that the Messiah will come to bind up the brokenhearted. I love that, don't you? The Messiah will come to bind up the brokenhearted. There are many ways to be poor and having a broken heart is one of them. One thing I find comforting is that Jesus cares about our broken hearts. And when he binds up your broken heart, I think it means that he will tend it. He will wrap your heart in his care. He will comfort you and bring healing. And in time, you will be made well. And so... Today I end by saying, Shalom, my friends. The Messiah is come. Shalom. Now I'd like to move us into a time of guided prayer. Let's pray. As we enter into this time, I invite you to reach out to God with whatever faith you have. Know that He is near you that he's delighted to be in your company. And now, picture yourself handing Jesus a wrapped box. Inside that box is a personal need or problem you have. What personal need or problem have you put in that box? Watch him now as he unwraps the gift and then as he opens the box, see him smile. Hear the kindness in his voice as he thanks you for sharing this need, this problem with him. Watch him as he holds it in his hands. Notice how he holds it with authority because he knows what it is. And as he holds it, you already begin to feel comforted. He looks you in the eyes and says, I have good news for you. Now, in the quiet of your soul, listen to what he says next. What words of good news does Jesus say to you? Listen. Lord Jesus, thank you for caring about our smallest needs and our deepest problems. Anointed Messiah, give us your peace. Grant us shalom, a deep well-being. Restore our relationships with the Father, with each other, with this world. Teach us to live in harmony. In your name we pray and all God's people said, Amen.
0: Thank you for joining our online service this morning. We are so glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. It is great to know that God gives us that peace that surpasses all understanding through Christ Jesus. It guards our heart and it guards our mind. If you would like to connect with us, go to faithwestwood.com forward slash service. And there you can fill out a connection card. Give us your prayer request. We hope you do that. You can also give to the ministry and work of Faith Westwood. And our mission focus this week is for the food pantry. We would love for you to join in that mission as there are many people right now who need food on their table. So we hope you join us next week as we worship the Lord together. We will see you there. God bless.